0: Welcome back to Fit Body Secrets, where my goal is to bring you guys inspiration, education, and a ton of tips to help you be more successful on your fitness journey. And no, I am not reading any cliff notes. That was me in my memory telling me because that is honestly my mission. And I'm not stopping this podcast. Y'all are going to have to roll with my shitty intro today because it's just my feels. Uh, I've kind of got this new thing about not judging myself and, and just rolling with it and knowing that my mission is, is to kind of help you guys out and, and sometimes not always going to be perfect. So here we are in today's episode, I do have a specific topic. I'm going to be talking about actually a couple of my recent, um, Instagram posts. Um, I was breaking down different myths about protein, carbs, and fats that I thought would be super helpful for me to actually talk about a little bit today, but, um, you know, more importantly, as I, as I'm finishing up my training session today, I started to think about something that I wanted to kind of share with you guys before I kind of roll into today's topic was, um, you know, I train pretty hard as a CrossFit athlete, um, and a hopeful one more time end of the road. I want to really push for this year to go to the CrossFit games, be in that open division and be able to say that I ended my career on a good note. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to still do fitness competitively but I really want to be able to give this year like 100% effort and let the rest of the years that come just be firm, whatever it is. And and as a product of the remainder of my life, which means that things are going to be changing a little bit at that point, I'll be working out a little bit less and maybe I'll eventually find somebody to fill the other part of my day with. So um, all of that stuff. But anyways, as I was thinking about my training or this in my training session today is I think about how long I've been doing CrossFit, 12 years. And before CrossFit, short period of time, I was a runner. Uh, before that I was doing home workout videos with dumbbells. And then before that I was a soccer player. So, um, you know, my body has evolved so much over the years and it's continuing to evolve. It's constantly changing. And, you know, I think that so many people focus so much on getting rid of fat, getting rid of fat, getting rid of fat, building muscle, building muscle, building muscle. They're always trying to do, these specific things to make these changes to their body. Right. And and I'm, I get it like at one point in my life, that was me. Um, and what I realized, and I have posted about this before is that the thing I was reflecting on in my session today was that our body, our external body ends up becoming a reflection of all the things that we're doing in our day-to-day based on internal motivators, right? So I'm motivated to go to the gym. I'm motivated to bust my ass to get to the CrossFit game. So guess what? My body looks like an athlete because I live my life like an athlete. And if if people would recognize that, I think that we could start to really change this whole like diet world and this like, oh, just living yourself the way you are world and this and that and recognize like the body you want to achieve needs to match the life you want to live. Because the life you live is going to end up giving you the body. It's, it's, they don't, they don't, they have to coexist. And it's why everything that I teach in my nutrition protocols is meant to be developing skills and habits that you guys are going to continue on beyond working with me. Does peop, do people need to track for the rest of their life in a food app? I don't know. Some people might, some people just might really need that structure in their life to be able to keep them where they are some people thrive in that structure. Others don't want to do it because they're afraid of having to maintain the standard and they end up defaulting to old habits and old things. Often those people end up putting the weight back on. And my mission is always to keep people maintaining the results, never having that rebound action happening. And so I think if we would, I think what I, the reason I was saying all this is because I think that if people stopped focusing so much on the best ways to lose body fat, the best ways to build muscle, the best ways to do this stuff as quick as possible. And they recognize that the best way to do that is the most sustainable way. And the most sustainable way is looking at your life as a whole, looking at the things that you spend the most of your day doing and the most of the day thinking about, and what makes you feel excited on the weekend to go do those habits are what's creating the body you currently have. And it's sometimes a hard conversation because I never want to tell a person, like, hey, you're going to have to change some things if you really want this. But sometimes they do. And sometimes it is just as simple as not knowing that those things are a part of life and you should be able to do them and knowing what that looks like in terms of moderation. But if that person also, would put down the expectation of like, I want to lose this much weight by this date. And they're like, okay, this is who I am. This is my life. I want my life to slowly transition. And, and that is, is so helpful for people to, to realize that they don't have to live in this world of like every action leading to fat loss or building muscle. It just will happen over time. So honestly, if you guys want to live your best life, and and this is what CrossFit does really well is they promote general pop, general fitness, like general physical preparedness. Like they want you guys to be at a healthy body weight. They want you guys to be able to do, you know, functional movements. And they want you to be able to run fast, lift heavy and all these things to keep you long-term, like in the, in a good place. And, And guess what? It's enjoyable practice, new sports, learn new things that, you know, it's, it's so important for people to recognize that our body truly is a It's, it's literally the side effect of all the things we do and not just for one or two days. It is literally the last five, 10, 20, 50 years. For instance, a lot of people tend to think about, oh, or they say, oh, like as I started to get older, I started to put on weight aging. And so they correlate aging with causing weight gain. And that's not the case. Like the case really is, I don't even know if I'm going to get into my topic today. This is just a good topic that I'm going on is the case really is, um, as you age, your lifestyle has likely changed. Like maybe in your twenties, you were a server at a restaurant and you were on your feet all day. And now maybe you're sitting behind a desk. Maybe you switch jobs. Maybe you are no longer an athlete. Maybe you had kids. Like maybe there are other things going on in your life that are, are the actual cause of why you changed your body, why your body started to change, not the aging, you know, the, the aging and stuff like that is is very small in the grand scheme of things. In fact, I think it they say it only maybe changes your BMR by maybe five to 10% max. Everything else is your lifestyle. Everything else is how you're living your life. So if you're not living the life that's producing healthy habits and things like that, which I know that that word is like so not sexy, like nobody's like, oh, I've got the healthiest habits. Like nobody wants to talk about that. But in reality, it comes down to that. It comes down to not having to think twice about going, going to a restaurant and looking for meat and veggies. Like that's just second nature to you, by the way, that means that maybe you want to have the tortilla chips that the appetizer, like that's also fine, but you've built those habits up. And that's what I want to teach everybody that I work with. And that's like the main thing. So I just wanted to kind of go on that tangent because it was something that I was thinking about while I was in my training session today is that like, People focus so much on the best way to get to this goal. And the real best way to get to that goal is to just look at your life and change the things that are taking you further from it. And that often means like kind of le- learning some new things, learning, learning about nutrition, learning what you're doing wrong and how to fix it, and learning what you're doing really well and how to keep doing those things and committing to it long term. Like, you know, that's why when people are like, Oh, should I go to the gym more? Yes, this and that, I'm like, well if you want to go to the gym more, if you, if you know you want to work out more, then absolutely. Uh, if a person's only going to the gym like once a week, of course, I'm going to try and get them up to like three to five days. But you know, at the end of the day, like I don't want people doing double sessions and things like that if they don't want to do that. If they want to do that, go for it. But think long-term, not just short-term goal. Think long-term life change, not short-term, I want this goal by X date. Uh, because at the end of the day, and I think about this a lot in CrossFit, the CrossFit games happen for one week out of the entire year. Okay. And if you want to count semifinals, maybe two weeks, if you make it to semifinals, your semifinals be good. And then you got, then you have the CrossFit games a few months later. Right. If you lived your whole life for those two goals or that one goal, and you weren't happy in the process of achieving it, like, why is it worth it? Like you're going to live the other 360 days of your life miserable for a goal. No, you got to fucking love that shit. You got to love it. You got to love the way it makes you feel. Now I'm not saying that everybody's going to, well, I should say this. Like, honestly, I do think people will start to love, start start to love the food that they eat. I really don't think that anybody, I was going to say, I don't think that you're always going to love eating broccoli. I'm like, no, people shouldn't be eating things that they don't, they don't like. They should be actually eating things that they want. Now I will say this, if you are working on a goal and you are in a calorie deficit, obviously it's not always fun to be hungry, at some point you're going to want to eat at maintenance, but nothing else should change. It's not like I'm eating this diet food or whatever. Like, you know, you might be in that time being smarter with your calories, which I do this. Like if I, you know, I like peanut butter. So if I'm working on a little bit of a cutting, then I'm probably going to go powder peanut butter. If I'm not, then I'm going to have the real thing, you know? So it's, it's knowing that and, and that's really important for you guys. So hopefully that was a helpful way for me to start going into some education today. Like I said, I almost want to just end the podcast episode there because it was so good, but I had this whole thought of like breaking down my Instagram posts and, and for whatever reason, I'm going to go ahead and roll right into that because I think it also kind of segues into, you know, or this actually is a good segue into this because so many people in the, in the goal of trying to achieve fat loss are looking for gimmicky ways to do it and they're reading things and they're looking at all these different things and they're beating around the simplicity of what nutrition really is. It is a calorie equation for body body maintenance and making sure that the calories that we're taking in are the ones that are pro- going to produce the right changes to our body composition, not the wrong ones. Meaning we want to actually lose body fat, not muscle. And we actually want to be feeling good in the process and we want to be able to maintain that. And then obviously food quality is going to get us our nutrients and all that kinds of stuff. But there's so many crazy things that people focus on outside of that, that I wanted to kind of talk about today, especially because, you know, for those of you guys that do have goals outside of just like, I want to look a certain way. There are some other things that people are doing wrong, uh, especially in the CrossFit world that I want to be able to help you guys out with. So um, I do want to just kind of make sure that I have my thing pulled up for me because I have three, uh, my three Instagram posts that I'm really using as my inspiration today. Um, and some of these might be relevant to you, others are not. So I'm going to start by talking about protein. So, so first and foremost, what I want to do is just talk a little bit. I've done this before, but very simple, very basic. Like want to give you guys a, a brief understanding of what each of these macronutrients do. So protein, uh, four calories per gram is going to be your body's it's, it's going to be synthesized to help your body repair muscle tissue. It's also a part of immune function, your hair, skin, and nails, you need protein for. So protein is necessary. We don't, we can't synthesize enough protein without taking in protein. We need to take in protein. And so I think that a lot of people either tend to have the, Oh, I can't get all my protein in, or it's, they got to get their protein. They got to get their protein. So it's always like either over or under emphasizing the diet, Uh, even to which case like a lot of vegans or vegetarians don't put enough emphasis on getting in enough plant-based protein And often this is why we'll see some hormonal changes and things like that with those uh, clientele. And so I wanted to go over a couple of things for you guys today that are going to hopefully help you with with protein and then carbs and fat. So first and foremost, I'm just going to keep this very simple because I could literally go down the rabbit hole of all the different myths and misconceptions and stupid thoughts I've heard about each of these things, but I want to talk about the ones specifically that I wrote about in my Instagram post. So the first one that I wrote was protein, that high protein diets are going to make you bulky. I have had women tell me specifically that they're afraid to drink protein shakes because they're afraid of building too much muscle. And I wish building muscle was that easy. I seriously wish that I could drink a shake and all of a sudden put on muscle, just like many many people wish that they could just drink a shake and lose body fat, but it does not happen that way. We build muscle as a result of our training and our muscle building potential is set by genetics and our training and our training age and a bunch of other things. And the only way to put on weight, whether it's muscle or fat is to slightly overfeed the body to increase muscle tissue. So it's a very fine line between build, um, I'm sorry, adding uh, muscle mass and adding fat mass. But a protein shake is not going to do that. Uh, the reason I like um, high protein diets is that one, they can become more satiating for people in a fat loss phase. So typically protein is going to be a little bit, um, it's going to make you a little bit more full. Secondly, is they ha- it has a higher thermogenic effect. So it does burn slightly more calories and carbs and definitely more calories and fat. So it's going to increase your non-exercise activity or your, just your resting activity. So I like having a higher protein diet. Most people tend to under eat protein because protein isn't always the funnest thing to eat. Like nobody is like out at a restaurant, like I'm craving chicken breasts. Like you're at a restaurant, you smell the food, you see the French fries and the ketchup and you're like, oh, that looks really good. It's just human nature. But as you start to change your palate, if you are focusing on quality food, which once again, I'm going to say across that I, I think that them starting with the Paleolithic a paleo style diet and the zone is a great way to get people to understand that because they were teaching people how to balance their meals out and how to eat the right things. So you do tend to tend to start getting um, a little bit better by getting that protein in. So, and I apologize that I'm moving a little bit. I've got like a funky thing going on my, my hamstring and it's really uncomfortable sometimes that I sit for too long. So I'm just going to kind of shuffle my foot a little bit like this and get myself a little more comfortable. Um, so yeah, so don't stress about the whole bulky thing. The only way to get bulky is Well, if you're taking some supplements, which at that point, you're probably going to be wanting to get bulky and that's why you're doing it. Uh, but the most part protein, you shouldn't be stressed out about getting bulky from eating too much protein. I think another thing I didn't put in here that I will kind of add on as a second is that people think that protein is bad for the kidneys. And that's also not the case. If you have any kind of kidney issue, uh, it is suggested that you obviously clear anything by your doctor, but, uh, high protein diets don't affect the kidneys. It's It's a myth. And I will give you some research on that in the show notes as well. So those two things I want to just kind of, I'm not even going to go into that whole thing because it's a whole other rabbit hole, but we're going to kind of go on to the next one, which is that, oh, this is a good one. The human body can only absorb 30 grams of protein at a time. So I've heard this before. I mean, people are like, oh, I can't eat, you know, more than 30 grams of a serving because all my, all that protein is going to get wasted. It's going to get turned into fat or it's not going to be absorbed. That is not the case. So people are taking words out of context. So here's the deal is your body, your body can, your body has to break down protein. So when you eat something, anything, carbs, proteins, fats, your body has to take that food, break it down, digest it, shuttle things where it needs to go, and then break down those proteins into amino acids, get shuttled into the muscles, get shuttled where it needs to go before it gets synthesized. So what they're really talking about is the synthesis, synthesis, synthesization, synthesis. I can't even say this word right now. Anyways, the body can only synthesize so much protein at a time. How much protein you've eaten doesn't matter because that protein still has to be digested, has to be broken down. However, at any specific time, your body's not going to assimilate and synthesize more than 30 grams of protein. So what you take in, when you take it in doesn't matter as much as taking it in. So get your protein in. Now I will say this, it is best for energy satiation, all that kinds of stuff, and honestly digestion to break your protein up or break, break your proteins down throughout the day and not ingest it all in one sitting. That's definitely something that I would recommend, but I just want you guys to know that it's not about, you know, how much you take in. So if you've missed a protein feeding earlier in the day and you want to double up at dinner time, do it, totally do it. Protein is going to be your best friend. All right. The next one is, this is a good one talking about protein shakes is the protein shake thing. So when I first started CrossFit, everybody was like, oh man, I got to get my protein shake. I gotta get my protein shake. Second, they finished a workout, they got to go get their protein shake. And sometimes they would actually post it or, you know, couple it with carbohydrates like chocolate milk or, um, coconut water, or whatever. And that's also a good thing. But, um, and that's what I'm going to go into next anyways, Is like the whole post-workout protein shake is, is kind of unnecessary Now, what I will say is this, if you're not going to be eating for a very long time post-workout, you definitely need to make sure that you're getting some protein and carbs in post-workout at some point, because it is going to slow down your recovery if you're not taking in nutrients. So it is best to take in a protein shake within that 45 minute window. It's going to help get things kind of shuttled and recovering but it's not necessary. If you don't like protein shakes and don't drink the freaking protein shake, go home and have yogurt and granola. If you want to, whatever you go eggs and oatmeal or whatever it is, I don't care, but don't stress about the post-workout protein shake. However, most people that are doing the protein shake thing are doing something wrong by not incorporating some form of carbohydrates in with that protein shake, because in that state of uh, catabolism or catabolic state, um, we are going to be looking for carbohydrates, sugar to ref- you know, re- replenish glycogen stores and protein actually will get converted into glycogen. So that's going to end up wasting your hardened protein. So I'd much rather see if you're going to do a protein shake post-workout, go ahead and do protein and carbs together. Otherwise go home and eat. And for a lot of people that are just doing a strength session, you can typically just go home and eat. If you're not going to eat for a while, or you're like, you know, that you don't get an appetite after you work out you might want the protein shake. So don't overthink the protein shake thing. All right. Next one is, this is a good one. So those of you guys out there that are vegan, vegetarian, um, first and foremost, I want to start by saying it is not wrong to follow a plant-based diet. I think that, you know, if that's your thing, that's your morals, go for it. So I want to start by that because I don't want anybody to think that I'm telling them they should not follow their, their current diet plan. However, I want to make sure I'm making sure that I break down why, things are a little bit different. So plant protein is just as good as animal protein is a myth. Okay. So we do need, there are specific amino acids that are found in animal protein that you cannot get from plant-based protein. And a lot of these vegetarians, vegans should be supplementing with some form of a a branched chain amino acid, I'm sorry, amino acid supplement to help to make sure they're covering that. There are some differences in the way those proteins help synthesize muscle or how how those uh, how those proteins are synthesized, you know, for our body to build muscle and strength and things like that. So, pro plant protein and animal protein are slightly different. And we want to make sure we're getting some animal source protein, or we're at least supplementing with those amino acids that we're missing. So, and I think on the flip side, this is something else I didn't mention in my in my slides here was um, that some people think that you can't that being plant based is a bad thing too, and that's like I also want to say. Is, That's not the case. You you can totally be a plant-based eater and hit your macros, hit your numbers, get enough protein in your diet. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. What I'm just saying is that animal protein is going to be a little bit more efficient at getting you all those essential amino acids. You can live a plant-based life and get enough protein, get enough carbs, get enough fat, hit your body composition goals, get stronger, get leaner. There are a lot of very lean, healthy vegans out there. All right and this is the last one I put on here before I move on to carbohydrates, is to gain strength, you need to eat more protein. And I see this all the time. In fact, I was big about this. It's like protein shakes after every single workout because I need more protein, I need more protein. And we overemphasize protein. So this is a great way for me to end this as a last, last slide on this is because everybody needs essentially somewhere between 0.7 and one grams per pound of uh, body weight to that's, that's about how much protein we should be eating a day. And that's a range, Right going less than that is not optimal. It's okay, but it's not optimal. So optimal protein intake is that range. There are some people that use lean body mass as the equation, but I really like using just the simple. It covers the bases. It kind of gives you a little bit of cushion room for those days that maybe you didn't get enough protein in. Um, but to gain strength, if you actually want to get stronger protein, isn't eating more protein, isn't going to help you get stronger. Excess protein gets converted into sugar. That's, as I mentioned before, when I talked about the post-workout thing, the more protein you take in, doesn't mean that you're going to have more protein ready to synthesize. Your body only needs so much. Everything else gets converted into sugar, glycogen, and it essentially acts just like a carbohydrate, only it's less optimal. So what people really need, if they're wanting to be honest, is more carbohydrates to get stronger, more carbohydrates, and likely making sure they're either being patient with their program or following a very well-structured um, training program. So that was a good ending on protein. Cause like I said, I wanna kind of touch on these things, but not like overbeat the bush and kind of go into carbs and fat. So what I want you to get out of protein today here is that you should be eating somewhere around 0.8 to one gram per pound of lean body mass or per pound of body weight. If you are significantly overweight, you can use your goal body weight. So if you know that you have more than 30 pounds of weight to lose, go ahead and go with goal body weight. Um, I would say that that would be a good safe range and you can start with that. All right, now we're going to go into the next one is carbohydrates. And I actually might do some share screen with you guys, because I have a couple of things that I definitely wanted to showcase and be able to kind of explain a little bit more in depth since this was actually just written words. So carbohydrates get a bad rap in the dieting world as the thing you need to avoid to lose weight and the thing that is like causing weight gain and, or all of these other issues like insulin issues and yada, yada, yada. And none of that is true. So, uh, really the most important thing to understand that all of a lot of our metabolic issues that come up in in life and that we hear about diabetes, heart disease, all these things that are coming as a result of being obese, overweight, even how we get to that place it comes down to calories guys. These macros don't matter. Ingesting too many calories from protein carbs or fat is too many calories. It is bad to overfeed the body, just like it's somewhat bad to underfeed the body. So it's understanding that first and foremost. So protein has uh, four calories per gram. Carbohydrates also have four carbohydrates per gram and are also the second most thermogenic um, macro of the three. So, um, meaning that they do burn a little bit more, uh, energy for you guys to break them down than fat. So protein's the highest carbohydrates is in the middle. And I'll go into that in a second, but I think the first myth that I'm going to go into is a big one. And it's something that's so hard to get through people's heads is that restricting carbohydrates intake will cause fat loss. This is a myth, a lie, a fallacy. So when it comes to losing body fat, losing weight in general, whether it's weight, um, from fat muscle, anything. We need to have a calorie deficit. Just like I said, in order to gain weight, we need to have a little bit of a calorie surplus. So it doesn't matter where those calories are coming from. If we're getting too many calories, we're going to end up overfeeding the body, which is going to cause fat storage to happen. It doesn't matter if it's coming from fat or carbs. What matters is what food you prefer and what foods you need to moderate. So if you tend to gravitate towards carbohydrate-rich foods, you might want to moderate your fats a little bit more. If you tend to like fattier cuts of meat and fattier foods, you might want to limit your carbohydrates more to control calorie intake. All right. So this is where I have a quick little slide that I would like to show you guys. Let's see if I can pull it up. All right. So this is a basic explain, explanation of what I wanted to show you guys here. So carbohydrate restriction without calorie restriction does not create fat loss. So for those people that are out there like, oh, they followed keto and maybe it worked for a couple of weeks, but then it stopped working. This is typically why initially you're having a little bit of a drop in calories because you're cutting out an entire food group. Likely cravings start to come into play. Keto trees start to come into play higher calorie foods from fats start to come into play and the weight loss stalls. So you have to have carb uh, calorie restriction in order to see fat loss. So what I have here is three different breakdowns. And the first one is a moderate carb diet, uh, which is where I think most people honestly want to live. It's a moderate amount of carbs, about 40% of your diet from carbohydrates. Uh, If you want to make it even, you can go 35 and 35, but that's going to give you guys a basic understanding. This is a 2000 calorie diet with the breakdown over on the right there of 200 carbs, 66 fat, and 150 protein, moderate fat, moderate carb diet. So very balanced. You can easily take off of both of those. I'm keeping protein consistent in all three of these examples just to kind of show you guys that, Um, the next one is a higher carb diet where we're keeping protein the same, and we are just manipulating the number of, uh, fats and carbs. So, you can see here I've dropped fat to 15% of overall diet and kept carbs at 55%. So, I can keep that protein neutral for purposes of this example. And you can see that the fat number is now significantly lower and the carb number is significantly higher. However, the calories are still exactly the same. So, and then the last one is a low carb method 15% carbs, 55% fat, and then 30% protein. And you can see there, um, the 122 is the grams of fat, and the 75 is the grams of carb. So, what I'm showing you this for is that if this was my maintenance calories, it wouldn't matter if I was doing the high carb or the low carb or the moderate carb day, I'm still at maintenance calories. So, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. If calories end up being the same whether I'm at a high carb or low carb. Now, if instead and this should say does and i actually was like oh shit when i posted it i was like oh crap if i have a calorie restricted diet with restricting carbohydrates i will be able to facilitate a calorie deficit so what i've shown you guys here is if i create a calorie uh, a calorie deficit and i facilitate the and i actually think this is supposed to be 1200 calories that might be my my bad or six. i think these are both supposed to be 1600 calories um, if I take this low carb or if I take the, this should say moderate carb. I, you know what? I totally screwed the slide up. What I'm trying to show you guys is the three different examples. See, I didn't proofread this one. Um, so the first one should be moderate carb or low carb. I don't even know what I did here. Okay. What I was trying to showcase here. And I, I think I just screwed up my example. Cause I was, I knew what I was doing here is showing you that now, if I manipulate calorie intake and I change the amount of, carbs, according to how many calories I have available, I will be able to see fat loss. However, if you look at what happens to the amount of food that I can eat, all of that also changes significantly. So if I was doing a low carb diet on 1200 calories, I would only be able to eat 30 carbs and 53 grams of fat. If I was doing a low carb diet on 1600 calories, oh, I did do this right. I just was reading it wrong. Um, I think I was thinking I had three examples of uh, high carb, low carb, moderate carb, but I didn't. I just have, this is a low carb example. So if I keep it low carb at 2000 calories, pretty moderate, low carb at 1600 calories, you can see the carbs go down, the fat goes down. And then at 1200 calories, my amount of fat is way different. So This is important for those of you guys out there that, um, maybe you aren't doing low carb and, or you did low carb before and you didn't get results after a certain amount of time is that when you switch, it's, it's really important for you to look at calories because you likely weren't seeing results because you were probably still sitting in this 16 to 1800 range naturally and not realizing it. And then when you actually become aware of calories, carbs, and fats, you're like, oh shoot, this is hard. And it does make it a lot harder. All right. That was my little slideshow. Sorry, I got a little messed up and jumbled on that one because I wanted to kind of make sure I did that right. Um, All right, so the next one, this is a big one. And this kind of goes along with the low-carb lifestyle as well. People think that high-fat diets burn more fat than high-carb diets. So this is why people are like, I want to get into ketosis so I can burn fat for fuel. Yada, yada, yada. Guys, this is such bullshit, okay? People do not understand. Once again, they're taking things out of context, all right? So let's put it this way, all right? You're putting 2,000 calories of energy in the gas tank. If all of that energy is fat versus carbs, what are you going to burn? Fat, right? So obviously, if the only energy you have available is dietary fat, your body is going to be breaking down that fat into energy. It isn't optimal. And for those of you guys that are doing high intensity training, it's not the best for that. However, that's what the body is doing. Now, this is the problem. People are like, oh, if I'm burning more fat, that means I'm going to lose more fat. No, it's the same fucking equation. The calories in matter most. It doesn't matter if you're burning carbs or fat. If you have too many calories, you are not going to lose weight. If you're in a calorie deficit, you are going to obviously lose weight. Once again, going back to the thermic effect of feeding carbs are more thermogenic. So guess which one is actually going to cause you to burn more calories, the carbohydrate rich diet. So this is where people kind of get off on a, on a, down the rabbit hole. It doesn't really matter. So high fat versus low fat doesn't matter. It's calories that matter. Burning fat versus burning carbs doesn't matter. People are also going to go down the whole rabbit hole of like insulin resistance and things like that. Guys, honestly, what you eat has less of an effect on, on your insulin sensitivity than your habits over time. That doesn't change with one meal. You might have a spike in blood sugar or a drop in blood sugar, but your insulin sensitivity is a product of your lifestyle going back to the beginning of this whole thing. So if you want to improve your insulin insulin sensitivity, start moving more, start exercising more, start doing those things, start eating more protein, start doing, eating more veggies and more fiber, other things that are all going to compound. You're putting reps in the bank and it's going to eventually get your insulin change, Insulins to change. So, all right. Um, next one is going into insulin. People also see insulin as this like fat storage hormone and they're like avoiding it at all costs. Uh, every time you, you deal with stress, your body is going to release some insulin in your bloodstream. And believe it or not, after you work out, you are most insulin sensitive. Your body is looking to refuel those uh, glycogen stores. Insulin is not a bad thing. Obviously too much of anything is a bad thing, but people focus so much on like how insulin relates to our body composition And it doesn't, what insulin does do is that we want to be insulin sensitive. And we want to understand that we need to use insulin for the right purposes, which is honestly, it's, it's, it's important for a lot of processes in the body in terms of, in terms of hormones, but also it helps shuttling like amino acids and things like that into your, into your, into your muscles and things like that. There's so many things that insulin does. And when it comes down to it all, guys, reminder, calories matter most. They do, they matter most. It's like, People want to focus on everything else. They don't want to focus on calories. Why? Because it's harder to realize that it's that simple. All right, just focus on calories and focus on protein and everything else will work out. All right, another one. This is a good one. Uh, People associate carbohydrates as a cause of inflammation. Now, I will say that there are uh, populations of people that have food sensitivities and that specifically gluten and dairy can be high on that list. Um, but most of the reason, uh, for insulin or I'm sorry for, um, inflammation isn't necessarily related to carbohydrates. It's usually people dealing with chronic inflammation. I think people associate carbohydrates with inflammation because they're associating carbohydrates with weight gain and things like that. Most people that are inflamed, it's a result of eating a ton of calories from highly processed foods that are likely a combination of carbohydrates and fats, things like French fries, cookies, chips, pastries, things that people look at the carbs in them. They don't look at the overall food and what they're actually getting. So what really causes inflammation is excess body fat, too much stress. Those two things. That's where most inflammation comes from excess body fat and too much stress from anything. And if you want to look at getting less inflamed, there is a lot of research that says calorie restriction helps to bring down inflammation markers. So I think that if people would honestly take a step back from demonizing a specific food group and start looking at the calorie intake, it would make a whole big difference. Last thing I'm going to end on, on the carbohydrate before I go into fat. I know it's is kind of getting boring now. Um, why am I saying boring? is uh, one is better than the other. So a lot of people think that one diet is better than the other. Like I should be low carb. I should be low fat. I should be high carb, moderate. Like what is better for me when it comes to deciding, honestly, I think you guys should start moderate in that middle, 40, 30, 30, 35, 35, 30, and then adjust up or down based on your food preferences. Like what are you going to be more consistent with long-term? Like what is your lifestyle lineup for? So oftentimes when people do have to go out or have to rely on restaurant foods a lot because of like a lot of meetings and things like that, I'll typically go a little bit lower carb, a little bit higher fat, just because for them, it's easier to control calories at a restaurant setting by choosing a meat and a veggie and avoiding the carbohydrates. So, uh, whatever's going to be easier for you to stay sustainable or, um, maintain long-term is really the diet that matters most carbohydrates in the bank. All right. Last one. And the one I'm going to end on today um, is going to be talking about fat, which kind of, honestly, it's almost like a add on to what I talked about with carbohydrates, because they're kind of, they're one or the other. Right. Um, And I wanted to kind of mostly talk about some of the problems people on a high fat diet. And, And this is where I think that people kind of go down the rabbit hole of like, which one is better than the other? I'd rather be high fat because, you know, yada, 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 insulin, all that kinds of stuff. And, and this is something I want to just also show another screen share. Is so, this is the first problem with high fat diets. And if you're listening on my podcast, this is on YouTube too, if you're like on Apple or something like that. But so you'll be able to see these videos or these um, slides. So, all right. So, this is the problem, one of the problems with, um, the high fat diets is that fat loss does require calorie restriction and fat is two and a half. It's two and a quarter times more calorie dense than carbs and protein. So as I mentioned earlier, one gram of carbs is four calories. One gram of protein is four calories. One gram of fat is nine calories. So you're getting 900 calories in a hundred grams of fat, whereas in carbs or protein, you're only getting 400 calories. So you are more likely to get in more calories quicker when you're on a high fat diet, especially because those things are also not very filling. So if I have a hundred calories worth of popcorn versus a hundred calories worth of oil, one is going to fill my belly a lot differently than the other. Now, obviously there's going to be a little bit of a hormone response from those different types of foods. And one might trigger CCK to help work, you know, the CC satiation and all that stuff. But for the most part, the belly is saying, Hey, I got plenty of room to fit more in. So um, just something to kind of think about with that. So I don't know if I should just keep my slides up. Why not? Makes it easier for you guys to see. All right. Um, burning fat versus carbs does not increase the rate of fat loss or insulin sensitivity. So as I mentioned, this is like, once again, going on to what I had already said is that um, whether you're burning fat or carbs does not really matter. What really matters is getting in the calories, getting the right number of calories to facilitate fat loss and not maintenance or weight gain. So it doesn't matter if you're burning fat or carbs for fuel. I think you guys are better off optimizing what the body prefers, which is carbohydrates. So nobody ever got fat eating brown rice, just saying it's usually rice with cheese and meat and everything in it. So don't stress about the carbs. Uh, this is a great little slide for you guys, just to see, so you guys can see the, um, the thermic effect of feeding of the different macros. Uh, protein, the thermic effect is 20 to 30%, meaning that you'll burn up to 20 to 30% more calories, just eating more protein carbohydrates is five to 10%. And then fats is zero to 3%. So another problem with high fat diets is they're at least thermogenic. So if you're struggling with weight loss, um, sometimes I will lower fats and higher carbs or protein to try and facilitate more, um, of a resting metabolic change. All right. Next one. This is a good one. Eat a lot of fat, store a lot of fat. This is another problem with high fat diets is that of the three nutrients, the one that is most likely to be stored is fat because the body prefers carbohydrates as a source of energy. The body is going to utilize most of the protein we ingest for muscle protein synthesis and other processes when we take in too much dietary fat, our body is likely going to store more fat. So the more fat you eat, the more fat you store. So another plug for those of you guys out there that are going the high fat way is to kind of look at maybe a moderate amount of fat, um, that allows you to feel satiated and satisfied and recognize that you can't just overeat fat that you're going to end up storing that fat. It gets, if you, we only need so much dietary fat for the basics of like hormone function, immune system, you know, neurological process and things like that. Everything else is like, okay, just energy. Whereas carbohydrates, their main role is fuel. So we are less likely to store carbohydrates. We are more likely to burn carbohydrates because that's our body's way of saying, hey, that's what I want to use for energy. Fat is like not that way. All right. So is a high fat diet, a bad way to lose weight? Not necessarily, like I mentioned, but remember that the amount of fat you choose must fit into the calorie budget that you will put into a deficit. So if your calorie budget is 1500, you've got to work the amount of fat you're going to have into that and not change your protein. You got to get enough protein in. And I think this is where I actually was trying to show you guys the examples of, nope, this is the exact same one that I showed you before. So just want to kind of make sure I showcase that. Uh, The last thing that I put on this slide, just to kind of show you guys, and this is where we talk about, you know, finding the best protocol for you. And, and honestly, it doesn't have to be this way forever. The cool thing about this is that you can self-experiment, try something different. If you've been on a high fat diet for a while, try going to a low fat diet, see how you feel experiment with yourself. And what I did was I put together kind of like three sample days, like not with like specifics on amounts. I will tell you this is that the amounts of fats, the fatty foods you can eat are much smaller. Um, but I didn't want to get into like ounces and grams. Cause I feel like that would have confused people, but I gave you guys some examples of like what it would look like to eat a high fat day, eat a moderate fat day and eat a low fat day. So you can see like, which one looks like something that you'd be like, oh man, I could eat that every day and be happy. And that's usually where you should probably fall. So maybe a little bit of a longer episode today. Um, Guys, I just felt like I needed to start with that whole topic. and, And I definitely wanted to make sure I kind of covered some things with my protein, carbs, and fat myths. I have so many more that I could totally add in there, but I wanted to kind of keep it focused on what I'd already kind of discussed on Instagram. Um, If you guys found this episode helpful, or you have anything in particular that you're looking to learn more about, please shoot me a DM, uh, shoot me a message, shoot me an email. I really do want to kind of help as much as I can. Just spreading the word guys, I want you guys to all be successful in your journey. um, Whether that's having a coach or if it's just whether you work with me one-on-one or you just want to be coached by me, I want to help you guys. So this, this is a great way for you guys to get some help. So shoot me a message and I look forward to my next episode.